Hey Auntie is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. We acknowledge that this is the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Cullen Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. And we extend that respect to all Indigenous Australians and Indigenous mob all over the world. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. There you are. I've been expecting you. I've just popped the kettle on. Come on in. Hi, and welcome to Hey Auntie. I'm Chantelle Weatherall, and it's my absolute pleasure to have you join me. Hey sis, come on in, take a seat, and make yourself comfy. With Hey Auntie, we're going to remix the proud tradition of the Black Auntie, and we're going to use it to demonstrate that there's millions of ways to be a magical Black woman. Sounds good? Hey Auntie! Hey Auntie! Hey Auntie! Hey Should I still be code switching? Now, a voice that might be familiar to you from episode one, Namilla Benson. She is a presenter, a producer, and a broadcaster extraordinaire, but she's also a mother, and she shared her experiences of code switching, which span every aspect of her life at home and at work. And uh, I found that a really interesting perspective that I wasn't really across before. And uh, I think that you're going to find it interesting too. Check it out. So I had an incident last year with my kids' childcare. And, you know, my youngest has got a beautiful, like he's just got a beautiful His afro. Hair. <laughs> And it's him. It's so core to who who he is. It's you know, a total it's, extension yeah, of his personality. Absolutely, it really is, and it reflects so much about his black boy joy. You know, yes. he's just there's a, yeah. And he anyway, is black boy joy. He really, really is. And so when I went in, uh, sent him to daycare that morning, I really zhuzhed up his afro. So it was looking hella beautiful. It'd been freshly coconut oiled. There was, you know, like all this beautiful shea butter that was oh, in it. Yes. It was looking shiny and it was looking big. Magnificent. Well, I got the uh, proofs of the photos a few weeks later. Chantel, girl, it was just... So the photographer had wet his hair and tried to kind of... Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know, like plaster it down is wow. the only way that I can describe it. And his body language was completely different. Oh and so, goodness. you know, that's code switching for him as well. He was only three at the time. So, so a three-year-old baby is being given the message that you're... You're too much. You need to be tamed. God-given magnificence mm. is too much. And I cannot imagine this so-called professional photographer would have taken the liberty of rearranging another person's child. Yeah, you I mean first of all, why are you touching my child? Why? Ooh. Why why you yeah, you do not need to get that close to him. But yeah, when it comes to code switching, and this is something that black women, black aunties and mamas always have to negotiate is okay. Oh yeah. Count so to having 10. to have the conversation with the photographer 
with the educators in my son's room, with management at the centre and code switching means that I need to present myself in a way that is palatable to have a reasonable exchange or conversation or dialogue in a way that is not going to put my child at harm. So code switching is difficult because it means in a way a loss or an erasure around the intensity of your full emotions and how you feel about a certain situation. So anyway, this year uh, they did the photos again and I was like, oh, here we go. But as I read through, they were like, we're going to use a different photographer this year. It was with a certain sense of trepidation and dread that I was waiting to see what the proofs would look like. So again, I zhuzhed up my son's hair. He looked amazing on the day. It's like you're building him up before he leaves the house. Absolutely. With like a, you know, a feeling of love and self-worth. That's it. And then you're just almost having to wait in trepidation to see how the world might have chipped away at that by the time he gets home. That's it. But the code switching again. So prepping him and saying, your hair looks beautiful. You look amazing today. Don't let anyone, no one's allowed to touch your hair or touch you. Um, I will speak to your, the, you know, um, team in your room. So I spoke to the staff there and they thought it was crazy that his hair had been plastered down last year. But anyway... Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I got the proofs for um, his photos. They were amazing. Oh. His photos looked amazing. And, you know, there was someone who, like a real photographer, not not mediocre skills coming in and trying to change a person, a child's being to, to suit them. your mediocre skills. And to fit them into like some sort of cardboard cutout idea in his head of what a tidy cute schoolboy would look like absolutely but this one my son looks joyous and full and just everything about these photos and they're absolute keep yeah absolute keepers um he looked amazing and they showed him indoors as well as outdoors and he's laughing and being cheeky and surely that's the point of a photo right and i think this is an important point about code switching that you're illustrating with this story which is that Whatever your view on code switching, and I kind of personally think um, as long as it's not compromising your mental health, then use it as a tool, keep Mm. it in your toolkit. But there's a time and a place. Yes. And I really am pained that babies have to learn that so young. But especially when you're – I don't want to memorialise a compromise. No. I don't want a compromise hanging on my wall, you know. I don't want any pictures of – corporate Chantel on my wall I want the off-duty me to be that's the me that I treasure that's it and I think you know when it comes to photography you need an eye that appreciates and will capture that and um, you know I don't want to be code switching especially when you're that young like I want my son's joy as he is at this age because I know as he gets older and starts taking on more in terms of the weight that he will carry with his code switching I know that he's going to get more internal he's going to get quieter and and the thing is with blackness is that we're not allowed to be our full huge glorious selves you have to be less and less and less but you know that's that starts at a really young age and just a a, an adult man like trying to plaster down his hair um it, it starts that young but yeah trying to undo that takes 
so much and trying to do the opposite with code switching to instill in your kids. No, be the full you, be your full self, be your glorious self. I mean, that requires so much and it's such a huge part of black mothering. Wow. I I can only imagine like you're having to try and bring your beautiful babies up to love and expand into and grow into the fullness of their identities while simultaneously training them to understand when and how to um, compromise in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. That is, yeah. that is a challenging task. And I know that there's other sisters here with children they're raising who will be facing the same thing. Yes. Something it's yeah, wow, that is that is a really great point, Namella. Mm. I'm reminded because I was just saying that code switching is second nature to us, but actually it's a privilege. I've just checked myself because not everybody um is uh equipped to mm. code switch. There are a lot of people who um you know maybe grow up in community and they never have to code switch. But then when they interact with Mm. um, white institutions, Mm. um, it can be very painful and difficult. And so code switching is also, I think, the debate of should we still be code switching I don't even have an option to code switch. So you touch on something so important. Yeah, because it is very, very much about classism as well. So code switching is about access and privilege, as you say. Have you ever had any times when you've gone, no, not this time. I'm going to push back this time. (laughs) I definitely remember one distinct and clear time, which was when I was working as a presenter on television. And, uh, you know, it was for an arts show. So it's not like it's news, current affairs, etc. And also, too, I don't have tricks up my sleeve. Like when you take me on when the show starts at a particular point of its very long history. Um, what you see is what you get. Absolutely. I'm not coming with any tricks that I'm going to drop on you at the last minute. So and let's be honest, that's what they're buying. That's what they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. They know that that is a huge part of what I can bring spice to my story. Spice up stories. my life, Namella. That's what yeah, yeah. And this was a show that needed a little bit more spice, I have to be honest. Um, but so I was very big on where that was when I had my braided hair and I used to wear these hairstyles with huge quiffs. And, you know, it was quite a construction, which would only take about two to three minutes. But people would kind of look at you and I'd have heaps of you know, I'd always wear my red roses. I had a huge collection of flowers. Had beautiful adornments. Yes, absolutely. Which in context of your culture are just absolutely what your peeps do. Absolutely. So Islanders are beautiful weavers. And so I used to wear a lot of breastplates and wrist cuffs and necklaces and the earrings were amazing. I would very proudly rep and carry my culture with me because I felt it sort of emboldened and empowered me when I'd step into particular spaces. Yes, if you're working in the arts, you're presenting on a cultural program, why not bring your culture to the party? Absolutely. That's right. But the executive producer at the time um, who came in quite late in the show, she had words about one of my stories which had gone to air and 
She was quite apologetic, apparently, when she was speaking to my manager. So she didn't speak to me. She called my manager. She's like, we really love the work that Namila does. She um, always delivers with her stories. Um, She's a great presenter and very warm and engaging. But she goes, her hair is too big and her (laughs) jewellery is too big. So my manager, who is a white woman, but uh, really kind of understands, she called me and had this awkward conversation, absolutely livid and furious. And, um, you know, my manager, who's also a dear friend, goes, she's, she's offended by your blackness. Like, that's what it is. And she, she wants you it. to deliver with content, but then also kind of wants you to bow down and just listen who you are as a black person proud black person she thinks she has the right to turn up or down the volume of different elements of your very being yes exactly and so I and she goes you know my manager said because I was just really upset and obviously very angry about it I'm like well we know what she's saying she's not really you know it's not my hair that's too much it's not my it's not my jewelry that's too much we know what she's saying blah 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 whatever and I just kind of went off my head about it and like let's organise a meeting. And my manager was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. So she did. Like and code switching jacket. That's right. put you on this hook over here. <laughs> Absolutely. And so anyway, the day comes when I go in to have this uh, meeting with the executive producer who works in a very beige office that um, amply reflects who she is as a person. Um, <laughs> very, you know, sort of stripped back and just kind of... Minimalist. Just there. Yeah, minimalist. And basic, just basic. And so anyway, my manager turns up to pick me up and at the back gate, she opens the back gate. uh, Sorry, I open the back gate to let her in. And honestly, the tears of laughter when she saw me because I'm like, oh. You know, my executive producer thinks I've got big hair. She thinks I've got too much bling. She thinks my bling's too much. And I went all out. If there was a moment for a sister to be beyond extra, full regalia, as you say. I just, I, so I had all the Islander cuffs up both my arms. I pretty much packed an entire garden that I shoved into my hair. Um, and I wore all black, but then I had on breastplate after breastplate and then oh necklaces goodness. and everything. Like, yeah. And the earrings, I picked out the biggest pair I, I could find that. of woven earrings that were just, Because yeah. it's like, stick that. Yep stuff you but it's also it is also empowering yeah absolutely the what she sees as decoration our culture is it gives us strength and so you are going into effectively going into a confrontation and you're arming yourself with all of that beautiful strength and having to explain to her, you know, my my what you see in terms of how I dress and present myself to the world is not costume. So I will not be limiting it because you're asking me essentially to chip to, away my identity. Yeah, absolutely. Like to kind of hold back and lessen and somehow diminish my cultural being. And, and also that's your opinion, lady. Yeah, and like, it's like not everyone wants to be as boring and basic as you. You're, you're like, not an authority because probably the viewers were like, this is refreshing. I'm not even saying it. Like even – and I haven't done TV for a long time, but I still get stopped with people coming up to me and saying, we love that story you did on this or that or, you know, the way that, yeah, I loved your earrings for this story and where do you go to – like who makes your jewellery and, and being able to – you're an individual. That's it. 
and being able to open up a conversation about my culture and about working in media and you know and it's always white people who will come up yeah. and compliment me because uh, you know the code the code switching she was trying to demand of you just feels really old fashioned because these days i really feel like especially the it's underestimating the audience it is absolutely it was a very 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 empowering moment to sit there just in all my glory and just to say, no, you took me on for a reason. There are no tricks or surprises that I am presenting to you. So you take me as I am. And it's about the quality and content of my stories, which I am delivering on. Basically, if my blackness upsets, offends or causes you discomfort, that's on you, honey. I love that. And I, I'm hearing in your voice and I'm seeing in your face that it's like I have played the game when it was necessary and I am not somebody who's unprofessional. I understand context and in the context of a very quiet office, I will code switch it up. I will do what I need to do for everyone to be comfortable. But in this context, it is not necessary and I will not be doing it. Yeah, and it was really funny because this woman, you know, was in a very powerful position, but her voice wavered a few times in that meeting. And I think therein lies maybe the real kernel in why all this expectation of us uh, sort of uh, softening our representation of ourselves as black women comes from. I do think it comes from a fearfulness of uh, how powerful we can be when we're in full flow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, white structures, they know that and, and they want that power. I mean, there's a beautiful presenter, another radio sister, Leah Avene, who I think you'll be speaking with. And she talks about uh, the problematic ways that people use language to describe black women and the power of black women, which is strength and sassiness, etc., etc. which we are all of those things and then some. But she was saying that she prefers to use the term lushness. There's a real lushness that black women bring into a space and it oozes like honey everywhere. And this is what white supremacy needs to understand is when you make space for black women, the way the benefits that come from that and the waves of amazingness that will follow through the entire structure of an organization, like just make space. Don't be afraid to relinquish power because Black women, by virtue of being who we are, we will take others with us and everyone benefits at all levels. I love that, Namilla. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. My pleasure, Chantelle. Oh, wonderful. Thanks again to my amazing guests and thank you for listening. So you've heard what the aunties have to say. What do you think? Heyauntiepod at gmail.com, Facebook or Instagram. That's Auntie A-U-N-T-Y. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us in a week for the next show.